0: This is episode 177 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, Coming to My House When SHTF Happens, We Need to Talk, How to Make Acorn Flour, and Conflicted, Rebuilding Society, What Would You Do? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. A Daily Curation of Preparedness Information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, let's go ahead and jump right into the podcast today. Our first article comes to us from Living Life in rural Iowa. And uh, the article is entitled, Coming to My House When SHTF Happens, We Need to Talk. And this is kind of a different take on... The whole hey, "you're not coming over to my house" or "or you know uh, uh, I'm going to be so far away" or or whatever you know when SHTF happens, uh, it's a little bit of of a different take at, at least. Uh, and so I really wanted to share this one because uh, I've I've talked about this and I know that probably uh, there's a lot of other people that feel like this as well. You, you're probably not going to be able to turn people away. I mean we know that there's going to be people if you are in a situation where you're bugging in, or you know, and people can come over to your place, uh, and they know maybe you're, you know, you you are a prepper. Maybe they know you prepare, so they're going to come over to your place. A lot of people have said, "I'm, I'm not going to be able to turn them over, turn, turn them away." Now, other people have said, "Hey," uh, and I've talked about this very, very often, where I've read articles where people were like, "Hey, even if you're my own mom, I'm going to, you know, meet you with my, you know, shotgun." Uh, at the front door when you come to say, you you know, you need help or whatever, because I've been telling you over and over and over again to prepare and you didn't prepare. And so now you're, you know, the poop has hit the fan and now you're on your own. And so uh, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of people who uh, aren't really going to be able to operate that way. But uh, I love what Erica does here and she lists some things that I think are, are very, very helpful so that, um, Uh, Maybe you might want to start operating this way. At least when people start talking about things like this, you can start dropping down some things like, hey, all right, fine. Uh, Let me tell you how it's going to be. So anyway, so here we go. Uh, Let's go ahead and start on this article. We occasionally have people say that they are coming to my house when stuff hits the fan. While that may sound like a good idea, we may have different ideas about what a good idea is. When people tell us, they're coming to our place, I pause a bit. Some people get a quick sure and some people just get a laugh. If you get a laugh we more than likely don't want you to come here. We have our reasons. Most people are not capable of working hard or doing what they are told. Some people crack under pressure instead of just getting things done. We have family and close friends to think about first. If you're planning to come here and you think we might be okay with that, you need to keep reading. We have criteria for you, for you staying here. We will make exceptions for the elderly and disabled, but usually they want to be more of a help than able-bodied people do. Number 1. Be prepared to work if SHTF does happen. Life will not be easier for you or me. The animals will still need to be tended and possibly even more food will need to be grown for them. The already good-sized garden will need to be bigger and will still need to be tended and weeded. Depending on the circumstances, there will be a lot of work to do inside and outside the house. You will be expected to contribute and work for your supper just like the rest of us. Please bring your own living quarters. If you have a camper that can be heated, you will need to bring it. Have a generator? Bring that too. We have limited space and I have a feeling you will be happier with your own space. Now would be a good time to make sure you can live long term in your camper. I would also make sure you can survive in your camper without electricity too. Bring your food storage with you. In your mind, I may have a lot of food storage. In my mind, I will never have enough. If you are planning to come here, you better pack all the food you can safely bring in your vehicle and your camper. I don't care if it is perishable or not, because you will need all the food you can bring. This food is for your benefit, so bring it. With that line of thought, bring your portable water, too. You will also probably need that, too. You will be coming to our place. While I regularly seek out others' opinions and wisdom, I, or we, will be calling most of the shots. This is our place, and I, we, will ask for the respect that we deserve. You are coming here, and you will be here because of my permission. Don't like it? Too bad. If you have skills, you will be using them. I believe in having people use their talents in the best way possible. I also believe in learning new skills, and you will be teaching other people your skills. Either way, your skills will be a benefit to the group. You might not be welcome. We might turn you away. I don't do other people drama very well. I have no desire to live in a commune-like condition. I have family and close friends to think about first. I don't have that much room. You get it. Trust me. I understand desperation and I understand having no other place to go. Life throws curveballs like that sometimes. However, if you aren't planning ahead and or do not have a plan in place where to go if the stuff hits the fan... I might not feel that bad for you. If you are bringing your kids, they need to understand that they will be contributors too. Kids as young as three can be put to work doing simple tasks. Starting training them now to do simple things. Also, your teenagers' attitudes will not be welcomed. Start teaching them now to do what they are told. I understand that mistakes might be made and sometimes teenagers do not understand timetables, but they will be doing what they are told to do. A good attitude will go a long way for you to be for being able to stay here we are not work all the time people but we are not play all the time people either I know some tasks will not be what you want to do but I do things all the time I don't want to do that doesn't mean I get to be grumpy about that I also understand that if you are coming here something traumatic has happened and you might not be a good in a good mindset however you are responsible for your attitude your emotions and your reactions I will only put up with a bad attitude for so long. These may seem pretty harsh, but that is the way it is. We are preparing for worst-case scenarios and can't afford to think that something might not be as bad as it could be. I know more people means more work, more food, and more planning. I can't really afford to be relaxed about preparing for the worst-case or for more people. Thanks for reading, Erica. All right, so uh, as you can read, I mean, as you listen, I'm sorry, uh, uh, and I read. Uh, you can tell. I mean, it's a different take there. I mean, hey, she's laying it out for you. Okay, yeah, you're gonna come. This is what to expect. Don't come thinking that it's going to be a little house on the prairie, and you're gonna be, you, you're gonna go grab a book, and you're gonna go sit underneath a tree and read all day long while everybody else is slaving around and uh, you know doing all the hard work. Your your butt is going to be, you know, putting in some some labor and uh you know that's the thing too uh you you think when you think about something like this um you think about bringing kids and the kids along and uh, your kids if your kids are not if your kids are not used to um you know working hard and they're they're the typical suburban i'm just going to you know play my video games and and all that kind of stuff uh and and then all of a sudden they get thrown into a poop the fan scenario that uh, you know that that's gonna be a big difference. That's gonna be just like a wake up call uh, for for them. So, man, I think this is a good one. And uh, one of those uh, you know you might want to think about some of these points and and even memorize some of those. So when you do uh, have these conversations, when P- if people know that you are a prepper and you do have these conversations, you're able to drop some of these you know just kind of from memory. And uh, see what their reaction might be I mean I can kind of see what what some people might be saying you know Uh, it's like yeah yeah your three-year-old kid your four year old kid they're gonna be working their butt off Uh, they're gonna be doing stuff uh, not working their butt off but they're gonna be working they're gonna be everybody's going to be uh, you know contributing in one way or the other so uh, yeah I just a lot of people I don't think a lot of people think think like that right Um, so anyway uh, there you go. That's a good article. Go check that one out at Living Life in Rural Iowa. Um, there's a couple of comments there uh, that you might want to check some you know some funny ones there. but uh, go check that one out. Uh, good article, Erica. All right uh, this next article I think is uh, is a very, very important one. We talked about foraging uh, last week and uh, I've kind of been sitting on this one uh, here for for a while. Um, this one comes to us from askaprepper.com, and uh, the article is How to Make Acorn Flour. And, uh, you know, when we talk about edibles, you remember what we, we said last week, that's very possible. People go, you know, in a bug out situation or a poop hits the fan situation, and people are bugging out to the woods, or people are going out to the woods, and they are, uh, they're hunting, and they, you know, they kill all the wildlife, you know, they, keep, they, they kill all the deer, they kill all the squirrel, Um you know, eventually, I guess if uh, uh, you know hogs are are, are, are a big problem, uh, like in Texas, uh, eventually they would be all killed out too, uh, and and people would be <clears throat> looking for something to eat. And I th- I think a lot of times uh, there people are going to be missing a lot of the things that are out there that are, are that are edible. They just don't know how to uh, how to find them, how to how to uh, be able to identify them. And one of the things is acorns. Now, uh, it, it, it does take a little bit of work to get this done, but you can make acorn flour. And this article is a good way to uh, to, to it gives you the information on how to do that. Now, I've seen a bunch of other ways throughout the years uh, uh, on how to do that, you know, in articles and videos and stuff like that uh, that we've posted on Purple Website. But I think this is a good one here, and uh, it does lay it out for you in a nice step-by-step. Uh, route. This might be one of these where you might want to print it out and actually at askaprepper.com I think they might have added this here recently. I I, I don't remember seeing it uh, in the past but there is a print this article button that you can uh, print and I'm assuming that it'll go to a PDF or something similar to that Uh, and uh, go ahead and print this one out. It has a lot of pictures that you can go check out so I think this is one that you'll definitely want to go visit the website. So let's go ahead and read this one. Uh, It's called, uh, again, How to Make Acorn Flour at askaprepper.com. In the event that the world as we know it crumbles, the ability to forage for edible flora and fauna will be an important skill. While stockpiling stockpiling necessary items will undoubtedly help you to survive if things go south, learning how to gather and prepare food is crucial if you've got a long-range outlook in mind. As fall approaches, you might consider learning how to make acorn flour. Why acorns? You might have heard before that acorns are poisonous. That's absolutely true of raw, unprocessed acorns or acorns that have been improperly processed. They can make you sick due to the high levels of tannins they contain. You'd likely heard of tannins before. They are compounds found in many commonly consumed items including wine and tea. There are a couple of reasons why you should put processing acorns at the top of your to-learn-for-preparedness list. First off, they're actually quite good for you so long as they're prepared so that they aren't actively bad for you. They have a high fat content, a a little protein, and carbohydrates for instant energy. Second, acorns are plentiful. A large oak tree is said to be able to produce up to 1,000 pounds of acorns per year. Even when you cut out weight from shells and moisture, that's a significant amount of consumable calories that can be processed for eating through the year. Third, Acorns are found pretty much everywhere. While some acorns are better than others for consumption, they're all edible when processed. Whenever you, wherever you may roam, assuming it's late summer to early fall there, there's likely an oak tree full of acorns you can beat the squirrels to. Finding acorns. Oak trees can be found all across the U.S., Europe, and the rest of the North, northern hemisphere. There are some species found in Asia and Central America as well. North American oaks are more or less split into two groups, red and white. You can tell the difference between red and white oaks because red oaks tend to have leaves with pointed tips while white oak have rounded leaves. Check the following link to learn how to properly identify and how to consume oak nature's powerhouse. The best acorn for processing tends to come from white oaks due to lower tannin levels. But red oak acorns can be eaten if they're what you have to work with. Oaks that produce the larger acorns are ideal, like the burr oak. Some varieties offer sweeter nuts offer sweeter nuts that are more palatable, like burr, uh, chingapin, and chestnut oak varieties. Acorns begin to drop at the end of summer through the beginning of autumn. Keep an eye out for increased squirrel action so you don't miss them. But sure, be sure to process acorns within a couple of days so they don't mold. Otherwise, you'll need to dry them or spread them out on a screen for an extended period from a couple of weeks to a few months for processing at a later date. So how to make acorn flour. So let's assume you've found a worthy oak tree. Here's how you can turn acorns into versatile, nutty acorn flour. Number one is collect the acorns. You'll need a large amount to make this process worth your while. Collect several pounds of freshly fallen acorns. Avoid dirty, broken, or very dry looking acorns. Then you'll need to make sure they're free from weevils. To do this, drop the acorns into a bucket of water and toss the floaters. You can also check for tiny boreholes that the adult acorn munching beetles leave. Toss the wormy acorns. Or I guess if you have uh, uh, chickens, you can throw them the weevils. Uh, Number two is boil. Bring a large pot of water to a roiling boil, then add your acorns. Quick now. You only want the acorns in the boiling water for 30 to 60 seconds. Pour into a colander to drain water. This step serves to soften the shells a bit, making them easier to crack. Number three is crack. Now it's time to crack the shells on your acorns. You can do this with a handheld nutcracker, a mallet and a towel, or with a, a large nutcracker. Number four is dry. Now it's time to dry out the cracked nuts. This can be accomplished in a dehydrator by leaving them out or by leaving them out in the sun on screens to dry naturally or in a low temperature oven. Number five is separate meats. Time to get to the good stuff. To extract the actual nuts, oftentimes known as the meat. Because you've already dried out the cracked nuts, it should be very easy to just rub off the shells and skins with your hands. Once you've got the meat out, you'll need to give them the, the meat a quick mashing with a potato masher. Uh, number six is leach. This is the part where you get rid of the tannins, effectively making the ineb- inedible acorns edible. There are several ways you can do this, but cold leaching is today's preferred method. To do this, you'll place the smashed nut meats into a cheesecloth bag, then you'll place the bag into a five-gallon bucket of cold, clean water. Give the bag a squeeze or two to make sure the water is getting between the pieces. Leave it to soak for about half an hour, drain the water, and then do it again. Repeat this cycle until the water is clear. Um, other articles that I have read in the past is to, uh, you know, put put the 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 meat, the acorn meat into. A bag uh, and then put it in, uh, you know, like a cheesecloth bag and then put it like in a, in a running river, right? Uh, and so it's constantly running. Uh, that's one way of doing it. Uh, I have read others where you can boil it and boil the tannins out, uh, but you'll have to do that, you know, over a couple of uh, different boils uh, more than likely. Uh, but there's a, a couple of different ways to do it. But this one is talking about the cold uh, leaching. And actually, I mean, that would be a little bit easier, right? If you had a whole bunch, had a, had a whole bunch of, uh, of buckets. The only thing is that you would need the water, and uh, you know, you could probably use that water for other purposes as well, even if it's just flushing toilets, uh, you know, t- uh, that kind of stuff. I don't know how much, uh, I don't know uh, how much the tannins would actually if that would hurt like if you reuse this water for your garden i don't know if the tannins would hurt that or not i'm not that good of a gardener uh, and don't have that kind of experience maybe someone can speak to that Uh, that would be interesting uh, because you would be using a lot of water to to get the tannins out Uh, number seven is dry dry out leached smashed meats on a cookie sheet by spreading them thinly and then placing the cookie sheet in the oven at 200 degrees fahrenheit for a few hours or until dry. Number eight is mash. This this can be accomplished with a simple handheld potato masher or you can employ the use of an immersion blender or food processor if doing it by hand doesn't sound appealing. You can also use a coffee grinder or conventional grain mill. Number nine is sift. Using a mesh colander, sift the flour to make sure there are no large or hard pieces remaining. Now you've got usable acorn flour store it in an airtight container and it should be good for several months. While it doesn't perform exactly like a regular wheat flour, there's still a lot you can do with it by adjusting your favorite recipes a bit. While making acorn flour is a bit more time consuming than bopping over to the supermarket to pick up a bag of regular wheat flour, consider practicing the skill now so that you have the know-how to utilize nature's fall bounty in an SHTF situation. Uh, When I scroll down there's like 29 comments uh, and some of them are good. There's a lot of a lot of uh, good feedback here that you might want to go check out. Um, you know, so one of the one of the comments was talking about you know not lose using uh, uh, electricity. So it talked about uh, using a grinder or a blender and those kinds of things. Um, I mean, de- there's definitely ways that you would do that if you were completely off grid or uh, you know you needed to, you didn't have electricity uh, and electrical appliances. Of course, it would. Uh, you know, take a lot longer, but there's ways of doing that uh, that way and grinding all that stuff down. Uh, you definitely you can have like a, a hand grinder uh, to, to do something like that. Uh, one of the things, actually um, a lot of the times when I've read articles on, uh, on acorn flour for Prepper website, uh, one of the things they always talk about is maybe like cutting it in so you wouldn't be using acorn flour uh, all by itself unless there were just was nothing else but if you had maybe some flour that you were using or maybe you had some wheat berries uh, that you were storing and then you were using you were grinding those up as you as you went uh, went along in your food storage uh, you could cut in some acorn flour as well and uh, that would prolong your food storage so that's uh, a lot of the times that's ways that I have at least uh, seen it used or, or read about it, uh, how it was used, but uh, there are you know some that just use the straight up acorn flour um, uh, to use. So uh, a little bit of work, but um, you know if you are uh, needing some different types of food, and or you're in a survival situation, you're going to use everything that you possibly can, and uh, acorns is, is is one thing. Uh, not only that. Uh, uh, not only do you have the acorns there, but I mean, one of the things I was thinking about is if you have an acorn tree and there are squirrels, they're going to be attracted to it. So you'll you'll have squirrels coming to it uh, if uh, if they're still around, if they haven't been all uh, hunted, right? But uh, then y- you have this ability to go ahead and and do that. So it might be something that might be um, you know of interest to some of you is uh, next time you uh, you see some acorns on the ground, is picking up. Uh, you know, a bunch of them and bringing them home and then kind of doing it uh, at home uh, while you have like a, a stove top, while you have all the water that you possibly could want out of your tap. And just, just seeing, you know, what it was like and uh, even grinding it with an electrical gr- grinder and, and seeing what happens and uh, seeing if it's something that you, uh, you feel you could do, something that you could, uh, uh, you could use and cook with. So uh, I think that's uh, very interesting and it's one of those things that uh, if a lot of people don't know how to do uh, and uh, if you have this information, I think that is very, very uh, smart and it's a good move as a prepper. Again, you can print this one out at askaprepper.com. There's links in the, uh, in the article, uh, a lot of pictures for you and in the comments. So go check that one out. Alright, so um, every, every Thursday, uh, for the Thursday podcast, I do a conflicted, uh, scenario. And so conflicted is a card game, uh, it's a, it's a deck of cards with scenarios on there, and so you, uh, can sit around with, uh, with a group of friends and kind of just, uh, pull out a scenario, just flip a card, and, uh, talk about how you would, you know, respond to this, uh, to the very, the, the very scenario that you're reading, right? And so uh last week we had one on uh you know a witch wanted to uh, um, uh a traveling uh witch doctor, uh, not a witch, a witch doctor who was traveling around and uh, your uh community really needed ammo and um, uh, ammo and silver and uh this witch doctor was willing to uh trade you ammo and silver. For uh, the you know the body part the body parts or the the organs uh, I can't remember if it was the heart or the liver of uh, of the deceased right and so um, you know I always get comments on this uh, like man yeah you're Todd you're really reaching for this one uh, it must you know there must not be any good <laughs> good scenarios why did you pick this one and the thing is I think we we very easily gloss over all the details. And we don't really fully think about it. Um, one of the things that I was, you know, going back to last week's is if, uh, because part of the scenario was is that, you know, you haven't, uh, the dead are out there and they're becoming bloated and you're afraid that uh, disease is going to start running rampant or you, you're afraid that, uh, um, you know, they're carrying disease. Um when I start thinking about things like that, I'm like, why are there, why are they bodies, why are the bodies uh, not buried or burned, right? Because if you think about it, if you're in an SHTF situation and people have died, then you are either going to bury them or you're going to burn the bodies. And so one of the questions uh, remains: is why are all these bodies out there? And so maybe it is a pandemic. Maybe it is. Where people don't want to, you know, they're they're moving those these bodies out there, but that's all they're doing. They don't want to do anything else because they are carrying disease. And maybe, you know, this uh, this witch doctor coming uh, maybe might be helping the bodies decompose a little bit faster by doing what he wants to do. Um, maybe, you know, you are in such a desperate uh, situation. But I mean, that's kind of the way that I start thinking about things and just. Uh, it's very easy to, to, to think about a, sc- a scenario and just say, oh, that's, that's stupid, that's, that's the stupidest thing ever, or whatever. So um, I really want to challenge you. When you're listening to the scenarios, is try to, you, you want to take the, all the skill and the knowledge that you have now, right, wherever you are. So some of you, I know, uh, have been prepping for, you know, for you know, six months. Some of y'all have been prepping for 10 years. And so you really want to, tell, or, or more, right? And so you really want to take what you know, and then how do you apply it to the situation? If you were in this scenario, how would you apply it to this scenario? And uh, uh, you know, with what knowledge you have, and sometimes you need to think a little bit, you know, you really uh, think through this scenario and really look at all aspects of it and perspectives of it. And so I just kind of want to throw it out there because it's really easy to look at the look at a scenario and say ah that's stupid or uh, yeah man this is this would be my really quick answer you know is just boom this this is it and so I uh, just kind of want to throw that out there really quick so let me go ahead and get into this one um, this uh, scenario uh, I'm calling uh, conflicted rebuilding society what would you do and uh, of course the uh, uh, the actual uh, post is over at edthatmatters.com uh, that it's my personal website, my personal preparedness website. Uh, but I will link, be linking to it just like I link to all the other articles in the, um, uh, in the show notes. So here's the scenario for this week. A series of asteroids have destroyed the modern world, setting civilis- civilization back at least a thousand years. What are the first three things you would personally do in order to start rebuilding civilization and why? So let me read that one more time. A series of asteroids have destroyed the modern world, setting civilization back at least a thousand years. What are the first three things you would personally do in order to start rebuilding civilization and why? So uh, feel free to just work that through in your mind. And, and, uh, you know, the idea is to problem solve and critically think. Uh, what would you do? What do you think is the most important? But if you feel like you want to uh, add your two students, come over to EdThatMatters.com and drop it in the comments section. Uh, you know, we we always have people coming, and uh, I guess depending on the scenario and depending on how people take the scenario, uh, you know, they they respond to it or not. So I think this one will be interesting, and a lot of people are. Uh, uh, I, I feel a lot of people might respond to this one. Uh, you know, what would you, what three things would you personally do to start rebuilding civilization and why? All right. So, uh, that's, uh, that's it for that conflicted scenario. Uh, I look forward to, to, to read the, the responses over at edthatmatters.com. Hey, uh, mentioning, you know, uh, commenting and things like that. uh, We're having a a nice little, uh, uh, I guess, a a running thread over at the uh, the Prepper website, Facebook group, um, I just, I don't know, I just uh, put a question out there. If you had $1,000, uh, what would you, for $1,000 to buy for preparedness, what would you buy? And it can't, you can't spend the money on food, uh, water, or to pay down debt. So, you know, if you had $1,000, what would you do? And so, man, there's just a, a lot of different ideas of what people would uh, be purchasing there. And so... Uh, I thought it was very, very interesting, so I liked reading everybody's comments on that one, too. Uh, I think I, I learn a lot when I'm, I'm, you know, insight into, you know, how people are thinking and, uh, you know, what people are valuing when, when you have something like that. So, uh, you know, if you are part of the Facebook group, go check that one out. If not, uh, feel free to join. You can always join by uh, coming to the theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and clicking on free Facebook group, and it'll take you straight there and you just ask to join and we'll, we'll get you in there and you can be part of, uh, our, part of the group. Hey, if you get a chance, love to get some feedback from you, you can always come to uh, episode 177 and drop me a comment or uh, you can uh, go to any episode and drop a, a comment in any of those episodes. Uh, you can also hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you know, I, I have all the links to those social media accounts on the theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And I also appreciate it when you share out the podcast. Uh, We make it very easy for you. So with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.